finally, it's time for one of the craziest episodes of the show I have ever released. Joining me from all the way across the pond in England is Kane Brogham. Stay tuned, it's coming up right here on the World Soccer Report. It is time for the Rowdies Rundown and World Soccer Report with Buster DeLay as we go over all of what's happening in the world of soccer. And here is your host, Buster DeLay. And welcome to the World Soccer Report. Before the monumental interview I have in store for you today, I will of course begin with a brief Rowdies rundown. The Tampa Bay Rowdies defeated Lown United at Sacred Field 4-1 after Leo Fernandez and Jake LaCava each scored again, adding to Steven Dos Santos' precise strike from a cutback and Sebastian Dalgard's bullet into the far corner. Substitute Deion Harris was yet again the difference maker as he tallied two assists to open the scoring. In terms of Rowdy's transfers, the green and gold of the Bay have traded a lone goalkeeper deal with the Flamingos of Ford Madison. Ryko Rosarena moves to the League One side and has been named Man of the Match in his first game in goal. In return, the Rowdies have received Philip Brino. The Rowdies have also signed the brother of Connor Antley, Ian Antley, to a very short deal. Here it is, the moment all listeners of the World Soccer Report have been waiting for. Joining me from England is former YouTube club, hashtag United, well further than YouTube club, they become a sensation, and current Mayan Baker fullback, Kane Brogham. I'm here with Kane Brogham, defender number two for May Baker FC, all the way over in England. First of all, Kane, how you doing on this lovely afternoon for you, but morning for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm good, thank you. Uh, in uh, sunny sunny England today, um, it's uh, it's not exactly it's not uh, it's not too bad today. So uh, no, thanks for having me on. I'm uh, looking forward to it and sharing some uh, experiences and, and and the way that football or soccer, shall I say, uh, works works for me over in England. So yeah, looking forward to uh, to, to chatting with you today. And this is my first over the phone interview. Certainly the first player that I've ever interviewed from europe on the show i'm gonna take that i'm gonna take that (laughs) take that to the green (laughs) all right so and and the roles are kind of reversed because i'm looking outside and it is quite dark so oh okay (laughs) so and you say it's sunny over there yeah we're talking do you know what we're talking at the moment yeah let me just check my phone we're talking a nice 30 degrees celsius so i'm not (laughs) It's, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's quite warm, quite hot. So we'll take that. We'll 16, take that. 69 Fahrenheit here right now. I think, think the roles have been reversed. Just for today. Just for today. Yeah. It's going to be raining tomorrow. I'm not going to lie, but yeah. <laughs> all right. So first of all, on this little here interview, we're going to start off with, since, of course, you are from England, you've had... The majority of your playing career in England. We're just going to start off with your playing career in England. Could you describe that a little bit? Yeah, cool. So, do you know what I started? I started playing football um, probably the latter stages um, of a young age here in England. I mean, a few of my friends they all started playing football or getting into football from around age four, three, four years old, like that young, just by kicking a ball around. But me, I was sort of the latter stages, I sort of started playing football when I was around eight, nine years old. And to be honest, that's that's quite late over here. Um, so, yeah, I sort of, I sort of was the, the late bloomer. Um, and it just started really just 
finding a local club, finding a local side um, and sort of just joining in training. And from training sessions, it would, you know, be 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 asked to sign um, and then participate and play in, in a competitive youth league. Um, and yeah, that, that sort of, that sort of made me grow my love for football. Um, and it was, it was just something that I really sort of enjoyed. And I mean, from there, it just sort of went on and on and the older you get, the harder the football gets um, and the roof and the more ruthless it becomes. Um, I moved, moved around numerous clubs um, at, yeah, at a young age and then sort of after youth level, I sort of decided I wanted to go and try and play senior football. So, in England, you've got a number of a number of clubs that participate in a in a senior setup by using the youth. Um, it's sort of like an academy, sort of like a feeder. Um, and I started playing playing that that level of football from around under fourteens. So thirteen, fourteen years old, I was just sort of growing and developing, learning under high level coaches, and yeah, just just sort of grew my knowledge and, and grew my playing confidence, my ability just by learning from these from these coaches. And from there, under fourteens to fifteens, so on and so forth, it got to I believe under under fifteens. So I'm one of the I'm one of the older sort of players in my age bracket. So I was currently sixteen at the time, um, and I, I just started playing senior men's football. I was asked to join in by one of the coaches um, at a club called Thurrock. Um and it was just more so for me to to learn the physical side of the game more. I mean, playing against grown men, and then there's little old me, um, you know, not not weighing near as much as they they are, or coming close to the weight that they are, um, getting pushed around, barged around. Yeah, it was a, a real wake up call, but it, it it made me learn, and I had to adapt very very quickly to to the speed, to the physicality. And yeah, it was a real eye opener, but it was something that I just relished and enjoyed. And I just wanted a bit more of that. Um, and from there, I did sign paperwork for um, the reserve side at Farrakh. And then from there, I just grew again, kept on improving my performances week in, week out. Um, and yeah, as soon as I hit under 18s, it was, you know, on the verge of pushing for first team. Um, which unfortunately never came around, but playing reserve team football at that time was still senior football. And then from there, um, that was, I mean, do you know what? That Farrakh, Farrakh Football Club was was probably the only club that I'd stayed at for around, I'm talking five, six years. So I was there for quite a long time. Um, and yeah, it just, it just made me feel very comfortable around the players that I was with. Um, and yeah, I just sort of grew from there. And to be honest, Farrakh got me into into men's football, senior football from there. So yeah, that's 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 the youth side of things, if I'm honest. And um, you and you said you uh you started a little bit later. So what was the thing that kind of ultimately gave you that shove into wanting to play professional <laughs> professionally one day? Was you know it a what? team, think, a player, or what? I think um do you know what? The time at the time at school. I think all my friends were sort of starting to play for teams and started getting into teams. And then there was me um, that wasn't playing. Um, but I think what what sort of started it even more was probably my uncle who was taking me to West Ham, West Ham United games um, on a weekend. 
And I think again, uh, when you go and watch these watch these games, you just you just want to end up playing yourself, and you want to get there. So as soon as I've you know been to a few games at West Ham, it was no, nah, I want to play football. I want to play professionally. So I need to find a team. I need to join. I need to start. And it sort of the, the the love of the game grew from there again. And that's that. I'd say that was the real push, as you say, to to really get me playing. So yeah, I'd say that definitely my uncle and definitely. My friends at school, all playing for sides. And past your boyhood club that you signed for in the U18s and everything, you went on to play for, uh, it's a non-league team, but arguably one of the most famous teams in the world because of their YouTube channel. Good old Spencer um, getting uh, hashtag United going. And they, they've, been, they've been climbing the ranks, of course, you winning a title with them. And it, it went very, very well with hashtag for those couple of years. So how was it playing with Hashtag when they were growing as a football club and also as a YouTube channel? So for me, that, that, whole, that whole Hashtag segment, that was, this was at a time I was at a club called Tilbury and it was pre-season and we just played Hashtag in a pre-season friendly. Um, and we'd, we'd sort of had a good workout against them. And then two, I think it was two days later, I got a phone call from my manager saying that he's got a friend um, at Hashtag who's looking for fullbacks uh, for the season. So being being a young player and not being as experienced as a lot of other players at, at the club at the time, I thought it was the right move for me to sort of go out on loan from Tilbury to Hashtag and get a full season under the belt at, at men's senior football in a, in a real competitive tier of football um, but I was very sceptical at the time I, I knew of I knew of hashtag but I wasn't too sure about the whole camera um, situation um, I think I think we can all I think it's all safe to say that when you've got a camera shoved in your face at every every moment it's, it's pressure quite, it is pressure it is pressure you're right and the cameras were everywhere and I'm talking everywhere um, <laughs> and I remember my first game going over and I wasn't used to it and it was such a surreal sort of surreal but weird feeling about just having cameras around and anything you do is being recorded. Anything you do, you're seen to be as a role model type to to, to a huge global fan base. Um, so yeah, I mean, the first couple of weeks it was a bit bit scary. I'm not going to lie, but once I grew and got in training and and you know got amongst the squad, got in, interviewed more on camera, you know, it, it just becomes sort of second nature. Um, but that whole that whole part of my career was probably the most exciting and most enjoyable few years of, of playing football. And I think with that club alone, what, what you get given is a huge amount of respect. And you, you, it's, it's a real sort of tight-knit family-run club as well. Everyone a part of that knows knows how the club works, knows everybody inside out. And I think everyone just wants the best for each other. Um, and obviously on top of that, you do get, you know, people that give you some hate and give you some, you know, give you some grief. But I think in my opinion, that's jealousy because that club alone, as I say, you, the things that you get given, the opportunities that come that way is absolutely ridiculous. Um, and it's, it's, it's a real sort of, I'm, I'm, I'm honoured by it because it's, you know, you don't get it every day. And 
that's that's sort of the the next sort of part that you're gonna sort of feel like a professional footballer at a club like that, especially at non-league level. Um, and it was honestly, you, f- you felt like a professional player, but not <laughs> being a professional player. I mean, I'm working the job and I'm playing football for hashtag, and it's I'm walking around and I've got people coming up to me asking for pictures, asking for <laughs> you know, to sign this, and it's it, it was a strange feeling because to myself, I'm just a a normal non-league working player, but to to thousands of people out there at that time, it was oh my goodness, it's Kane Brogan. Like, can I have a picture? It, it was honestly surreal. So they're probably the best few years of my my playing career here at the moment. So um, yeah, and the, and the league win alone, I just remember that there was one part of that season where we went, I think it was thirteen games unbeaten. Um, and in non-league terms that's a very long time to go unbeaten um, and I think those 13 games alone just helped us get across the get across the line at the end and win a title but yeah that was that was an incredible incredible couple of years playing for Hashtag and I tell you with uh, with non-league and everything obviously the the tier of football in England is a little bit different from here in the US there's definitely a fair number of tiers here but it really gets defined more as like a youth level compared to professional here. Whereas over there, non-league is still really, really competitive with every team trying their hardest to go someday to the Premier League or the Championship League One. And for example, Boreham Wood last season in the the Cup going really far. So you you get some challenging players and sometimes you have players that are getting older coming down to non-league teams that played in higher levels. And then hashtag with a 597,000 subscribers right now gaining on 600 K on YouTube, they're going to, they're going to attract some famous names here and there or make famous names because of their YouTube channel. And then you get people that become famous, like from a certain love Island, Toby, Aroma Laren. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So, so you get you get some you get some good experience from there, and then you get players that will get taken on to different shows and stuff. For example, like the uh, Soccer AM, they have a uh, Jamie Jackson. I know plays in goal yeah. a lot for them. So you get you get some fame you get some fame going through there. And then another run you had in a uh, non-league football in England with uh, May and Baker, who you currently play for. Could you tell me a little bit about that experience? Yeah, so. Currently with Man Baker um, down here in Essex. Um, yeah, it's a it's a club that we play played before when I played for Hashtag, um, and it was it was a side that were really 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 solid for that throughout that season at Hashtag. Um, and then there comes a time, obviously, where when one club finishes, another club comes around. Um, and there was a time at Hashtag where I wasn't playing as regularly, and this was because there was older players, more experienced players that had been playing higher, who had come down, as you say. Um, and obviously those sort of players are going to get get put in over over me. Um, and I can accept that. That's that's something that I'm not gonna I'm never gonna argue about because if if you've got the experience and you're you're older than than the younger players, then you should you should expect to play. Um, so it was it was a tough call because I didn't want to leave hashtag um, and the manager obviously didn't want me to leave, but he was doing it for my best interest in terms of playing, playing football. So 
Mayan Baker was the was the next point of call. Um, I went out. I went out on loan initially to them um, for for uh, for a season, and then once I'd left hashtag, it was it was sort of stay at Mayan Baker, um, and they're a they're a real again a nice family family run club, and it's real tight knit, and everyone's sort of you know we, we are like family. Um, although obviously we're we're two leagues below hashtag um, at the moment. You know we're not we're not far off, um, and if it wasn't for if it wasn't for COVID, uh, the COVID season, we would uh, we would definitely be be around that league and be be around that area. Um, it's just a shame that COVID obviously come around at the time it did, especially when we was flying um, in <laughs> in one season, um, and it just just you know caused absolute chaos. Stop stop the season, stop the leagues, um, and we wasn't able to to finish. Um, in a in a top top four position, um, which would have guaranteed us to go up. So it was it was frustrating, but you know I'm I'm enjoying my football there. Um, this is my third third season there now at Man Baker. So you know we've we've been in pre season this year for well over a month. Um, so I'm feeling <laughs> I'm feeling very fit. I'm feeling very sharp. Um, we've played three pre season games already. We've got another couple coming up this week on a Wednesday and Friday. So, you know, the turnaround is very quick, especially on top of training. You're training two nights a week on top of games midweek as well. And on a weekend, it's, it's, it's a lot of football to, to put in, especially on a, on a full-time job as well. It's, it's uh, finding that balance, which a lot, of, a lot of players have to do. But once you find that balance, you find yourself, you know, back out the door as soon as you're in work, straight to football. You, you, you can't be that feeling. Um, but Man Baker, honestly, they're, they're, they're a great side. Um, we've got a lot of young players this year who are very, very good, very, very good. So I'm looking forward to to the season starting at the end of the month, and hopefully this season. And in my opinion, trying to win that title again, um, if not playoffs, is definitely the target that that we want to hit. So it should be another exciting and enjoyable season. Forty games to play, um, forty odd games to play, shall I say? But it's a, it's a long season, and hopefully we get off to a good start. So, but yeah, that's that's Man Baker. They're a, a nice side that I'm really enjoying my time there with. So, definitely, um, definitely looking forward to starting the season. And you mentioned balancing your daily life, training. Could you talk me through the like the mindset and mentality and the the drive to get both of those things balanced? Because especially growing into the game, you probably find it somewhat difficult to uh, to figure out like when you're younger to figure out the balance between having a good daily life and working in really vigorous training to get where you want to be. So could yeah, you tell I mean, me a little bit about how you developed into that? So for me, I mean, when I was, when I was at college um, studying in uh, sport and science, um, you know, th- there was no sort of worry because you'd finish college around I mean, over here anyway. The course I take, I, I took, it finished around three thirty PM in the afternoon. Um, so it allowed me to go home um, and sort of eat well. Um, I'd be drinking, and hydrating throughout the day anyway. Um, I think that's key to to playing elite level sport and 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 good a good standard of amateur level sport is your diet and your mentality. Now, mentality for me, mentality is huge. I think. This is something that's made me into the player that I am today. Um, if I didn't have the mentality that 
I have today, I probably wouldn't be as playing this higher level of football that I would be. Um, so mentality for me, I think you've got to be mentally tough. And I, I, I dare say this, I mean, we'll come on to this later regarding the um, you know opportunity I had in America, but the, the mentality you need over here needs to be strong. I mean, it is ruthless. And when you... When you get knocked down, you've got to get back up. But you've got to get back up very quickly. If you dwell on negatives and you dwell on something bad that's happened for you not to not to play, um, you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to play football for a long time. And there was a there was a spell um, in my career, and I think you, see, you know what you're probably going to be the first to probably hear this. And I've, I've not I've not really mentioned it a long for a long time, but there was a time where I stopped playing. Um, football and I think it was for around two years and I fell out of love with the game just because obviously I wasn't getting as, as many opportunities as as I as I would hoped um, and my mentality sort of just got low low and just dropped um, and I, on one hand I think I can count how many friends that are still playing football now and do you know what? This is what I say about mentality. It needs to be strong because friends that have been dropped out of the game because of mentality is not if, because their mentality is not higher or it's not strong, and that's why they've stopped playing. Um, if it wasn't for, I'd say, two key people um, who were well, one is a professional footballer now still, and the other was a professional um, over here. I had a conversation with those about playing football, and they asked me, "Oh, like came." Like, how's your season going or are you training? I said, no, I've stopped. And they said, what do you mean you stopped? I said, look, I've, I've just stopped playing. I fell out of love with the game because of this, this, this. Um, and they sort of said to me, no, Kane, listen, bro, you've got to get back into, into playing. Like, you're, you're, you're a waste of a talent if you don't start playing again. And then we had a lengthy conversation about why I should get back in. And after them conversations, it just sort of sparked me. It just sort of sparked me to go on and, and start training again. And that was probably the most hardest part of, of getting back into playing was the, the first step of getting back into shape. Um, but then from there, that helped me just develop my mentality. And I'm the type of person now that if I don't get something that I want in, in terms of football or don't hit a target that I should be hitting, then I'll make sure that I hit it over that period of time, over that week. Um, and I've, I set my bar so high now if I don't reach that bar during training or, or games, then for me that I've 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 failed a little bit. So I need to, I always make sure now that I set a bar every single week, whether it's training, whether it's games, and I make sure that that bar's either been hit or exceeded. Um, and then that's that's something I always look at. And I'm I'm, I'm quite harsh on myself. Always go home and always you know think back to games, back to training. Could I have done that better? What did I do well in? what should I have done in that situation? And it always plays in my mind, but I think that's what makes me different to, to certain other people um, in terms of wanting to just play football for a living. And I think you've, you've got to have a strong mentality um, to, to do that. But yeah, I think balancing that and obviously work as well, you've got to find that balance. I mean, I'll try and finish and try and get out of, of work on, on, on time just so I can make training. Um, and I'm, I'm quite. I, I think I'm happy to say that I found that balance. I know how, I know my timings, and uh, I'll definitely make sure that I'm there at training 
on time, matches on time and getting in recovery as well. Recovery is just as important as anything else. So it is tough, but that's that's the reason we play and that's the reason, you know, we we want to carry on. We want to stop working. We want to play football professionally. So if this is the balance we've got to find to do that, then, you know, us non-league players will, will find that balance. Yeah, and I always ask any player that I'm interviewing about their message to young kids that want to play the game and for you the mentality and everything because I'm also trying to uh, get I, I'm trying to balance school I want to go higher into a uh, sort of varsity level high school maybe get into yeah, yeah. college playing as well and, um, and then also have this little radio gig of course as something that I might go into as well, or if one thing doesn't work out, I go into another, or I could find ways to balance both because these are two things I enjoy doing. So it's really important getting messages from people like you that have gone through it on how to balance two things and make sure you can be the best you that you can be. And speaking of... If there's there's something that the young players want, want to hear, then for me, it's one, enjoyment, you, you, you have to enjoy playing and training. I mean, if you don't enjoy it, then there's no point in playing. And I know we want to, we want to play at the highest levels, but enjoyment is, is a key factor and also training. That, them two alone, will make sure that, you know, a, a player will, will work hard throughout their time at young age, at young ages. So definitely enjoyment, definitely training. Those two things together guarantee young players will thrive and improve and develop very, very quickly. And the older they get, they will have more opportunities than the most by just doing those two things, the enjoyment factor of it and training 100%. All right. So, and then your dream talking about now to uh, get over into the U.S. structure of football with with, um, the L.A. Galaxy trial. I know trying out for my hometown team, the Tampa Bay Rowdies and some other uh, organizations around the USA. Yeah. was it your dream to, and still is, and I do believe you can do it. You're a very talented player, and I think any club in the USA would should be just got like reaching out for you. Um, the structures in the United States, with obviously the uh, building up from the USL League One, the USL Championship, and the MLS. Could you tell me a little bit about the trials that you had here and your? passion to go into the game here in the states yeah of course so obviously as america has always been a life a lifelong dream um and that goes back to my uncle again who who moved out to richmond uh, virginia um he initially went on holiday um and then obviously fell in love with someone um and then that stems from there got married kids and he then got a citizenship so he he now lives in, in Richmond. And then there was a few years where I said to myself, do you know what? I, I, I want to go to America. I want to live a dream. I want to play football in America. And I could have, and I probably should have, gone down the scholarship route, uh, the university route. But at that time, at that age, I was very sort of saying to myself, I don't want to study. Um, but you know what? Let's give it a go. I'll, I'll go out and I'll email as many clubs as I can to get out and try and hopefully land a trial. Um, went out to Virginia, 
went over to Richmond Kickers um, in the USL, had a chat with the director there. Um, and unfortunately, I couldn't get offered nothing. Um, so I said to him, look, surely there's, there's a few contacts you can give me to give me, at least give me a chance to, to prove myself, you know, to someone. Um, and I've got contact um, in, in Galaxy, LA Galaxy. So then that was just the whole dream in itself. Obviously, LA Galaxy, your high-flying MLS club. Um, yeah, so that was a no-brainer. So I flew out to LA and trialled out at Galaxy. Honestly, the most unbelievable experience I've ever sort of had as, as, as a trial. Um, the facility alone was just absolutely incredible compared to what we have here. And honestly, I fell in love with it straight away. And I played played two two games and I was getting players come up to me at half time saying if you don't get offered nothing or you don't get offered an extra you know a couple of weeks then they've missed out and I felt really good at that point and I felt good in myself because I knew I played well um, and yeah it got to a few days later and it just wasn't to be and if I could tell you how close I was I mean I think I was very very close to being offered something and it sort of just broke me down a little bit, but you know, that, that just sort of urged my dream a little bit more to want to play out there. So I, I dare say that I will be back out and I dare say that I will be trying to, to make it a, a dream, a dream in reality, which is to play in either the MLS, USL, um, even USL one, two, uh, there's clubs being created everywhere that I'm seeing. So I'm always keeping my eye on, on everything. Um, and hopefully fingers crossed that I can, I can come back out. Um, you know, especially Tampa Bay as well. Again, places that I've been that that definitely stick out for me. So I will be back, definitely be back. Um, let's hope this time though I can stay and grow from there. So <laughs> and unfortunately the, the Zoom meeting cuts off in just about a minute and thirty seconds. I ha- I would love I would love to talk longer. <laughs> definitely we could do it again someday maybe definitely i'm, I'm, I'm and, that's, that's fine and chat chat about maybe more of this like the general scheme of the game like a little west ham europa league run last season <laughs> uh, almost yeah. almost winning and then almost winning the league for liverpool against uh against city so <laughs> I'm, that's, I'm, fine. that's fine i almost had fabianski to to thank every <laughs> i, I would have thanked him every single day but <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate I appreciate you for coming on. It was it was a pleasure having you. Definitely got to do it again someday. Thank you. A, definitely not a problem. Thank you very much for having me. What a pleasure, Kane. Be sure to follow my Instagram account at World Soccer Report. That's at symbol World Soccer Report, all one word. And if you were listening in on the radio, be sure to check out my Spotify show archives by searching up on Spotify the World Soccer Report. Not all one word. Thank you for listening, and as always, thank you to Radio St. Pete Online for being my home base here on the show. This has been the World Soccer Report, and I'll see you at the game.